0: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama, Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's normally him, but today... We're just going to be doing Jimmy Stein, giving you three segments today because I'm in New Orleans with the family, and it's just really difficult for us to get together, uh, Jimmy and me, that is, um, to put this podcast together. So he sent me three different segments, which will be informative as hell, so be sure to stay with us for that. Also want to thank all our sponsors. I want to thank Sonos for sponsoring this podcast, as well as thank Built Bar. Built Bar, those delicious, nutritious Built Bars, you know where to get them at built.com go check them out at built.com use promo code lockedon15 for 15% off that order at built.com these things are awesome my son who works out all the time loves them i love them i get them at lifetime but you can get them at a cheaper price if you go to built.com and use promo code locked15 also I want to tell you about betonline.ag betonline.ag is the place to go to get that bet in if you want to bet on Uh, The SEC in a bowl game, which is not advisable right now. They're 0-4. But if you want to bet on the SEC in a bowl game, you go for it. You can do it at betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus. That's 50% free money. You can do it at betonline.ag. You can bet on basketball, football, baseball, golf, whatever you want to bet on. Reality TV, you can do it there at betonline.ag. You can also play poker and blackjack, which is a lot of fun as well. So if you're killing time in between the other bets that you're winning, hey, just go play some poker at betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus.
1: Jimmy Stein from Locked On Bama, flying solo in this segment. Uh, I'm en route to Dallas for the semifinal final against Cincinnati. Uh, Luke is coming back from New Orleans uh, where he and his uh, 20 children uh, attended the New Orleans Saints-Miami Dolphins game. Uh, and Tua and the Dolphins won 20-3. to uh, not uh, seven wins in a row now from Miami. That secures them for the moment with two weeks to play the, the number seven seed in the AFC uh, for the playoffs. That means that as we speak, again, with two weeks to play, Tua has Dolphin, the Dolphins in the playoff. Jalen Hurts has the Eagles in the playoffs. Back Jones has the Patriots in the playoffs. Just real impressive stuff from the Bama quarterbacks in the NFL, certainly in terms of, of racking up wins uh but what i want to talk about in this segment uh there's something sort of unusual happened yesterday as you guys know coach saban doesn't uh allow his assistant coaches to meet or speak to the media during the season uh and uh and alabama controls that during the season but uh at some events uh it's not in alabama's control and uh the cotton bowl is one of those events um at the cotton bowl everyone uh is available to the media uh including assistant coaches and all players uh, and, and so yesterday, uh, Pete Golding met with the assembled media uh, via Zoom uh, because they, they, they do have some COVID uh, rules in place. And it was interesting just because we don't get to hear from the coordinators during the season uh, very often, offensively or defensively or any of the assistants. So uh, it was the first time Pete has uh, spoken to the media since, uh, since fall camp began, uh, I believe the second or third day of, uh, of fall camp. Uh, and, and a couple things he said really stood out to me. Uh, one was he was really asked about, you know, the defense improving throughout the course of the season and what changed, what changes were made, uh, where the defense was suddenly playing better. And uh, he did he did say that it wasn't specific changes, that really it was the loss to Texas A&M. Uh, it was the loss to A&M that, that he felt sort of got things turned around to an extent uh, and he said they focused a little bit more on preparation uh, and not so much x's and o's changes but just how they prepared uh, for the games each week and he, he thinks that renewed focus on preparation is what what got the team playing a little more consistently on defense and they were playing really well by the end of the year but another word that he used that that stood out to me uh, I want to talk about is communication, and and, and really it, it, it's it's why this defense is the best. I think it's the best one we've had at Alabama since 2017, uh, which isn't a long time, but but it's the best defense of the last three years to me. It's it's not as good as I'm sure as Coach Saban would like it to be, but but it it is good. It, the, Alabama did finish a clear second in the SEC to Georgia in most of the important defensive measures. Uh, It it was by most measures a top 10 defense, if not a top 5 defense nationally uh, by the numbers. So it was a really good defense, and and here's the reason for me. Uh, I I would say that we're a little better on defense despite a, a talent dip or a small talent dip, but the reason is the communication. We're just blessed right now to have two excellent communicators on the field in terms of being coaches on the field to get the guys lined up. And I'm talking about Henry To'o To'o in the front seven and Jordan Battle in the secondary. Uh, Henry does an outstanding job of being the quarterback of the front seven, relaying the calls, making the calls, being the coach on the field, getting everybody lined up, just generally being the leader and being in charge and what's really amazing is that Henry came, not only came from somewhere else, uh, you know, midway through the year, uh, through the calendar year, uh, but, but for him to show up and become the leader he's been on the football team is amazing, considering he didn't show up as a freshman like all these other guys that, that are on the defense. Uh, Henry wasn't even here in the spring. He didn't arrive at, at Alabama from Tennessee until May. And, uh, and, and then before you know it, he's a leader, and Pete Golding talked about that. Uh, Yesterday, but Henry Tootoo is the best Mike signal caller we've had in the front seven in years, and and I think a big chunk of our improvement defensively and our success on defense is due to that. Especially when you combine it with the fact that Jordan Battle, who's really been a, 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 this is his third year starting games. I mean, as a true freshman, he. He started in the dime package uh, for Alabama, even as a true freshman. And now this is his second year as a starter in in all the personnel packages. So that gives him the maturity and the age and the experience uh, in the secondary. Uh, On top of that, he's a very instinctive, bright kid. uh, And making the calls in the secondary is huge. Hey, you know, it's not not rocket science. Henry To'o To'o, he's making defensive calls he, he can do that to the front seven. The, the secondary is behind him. They can't hear it. They can see things, but they can't hear it. But they do they can hear the safety in the middle of the field back there. So that's Jordan Battle who makes those calls in the secondary. And Believe it or not, sometimes, hey, when you got the guys on the field making the wrong call and the guys are playing the wrong coverage, it's going to be a problem. I don't care how big and fast you are. I don't care how talented you are or how good the NFL thinks you are. If you don't know... The coverage. If you don't know the call, it's going to be a disaster. And as we've seen, particularly in the last couple of years, there has been a lot of busts in the secondary where someone's running free, uh, who clearly wasn't. Uh, you know, someone didn't take responsibility for that area or that player. And uh, I, I think that's really been cleaned up. It's not perfect. We're not batting a thousand over the course of the season, but we're a lot better. And, and again, I, I think that's due to Jordan Battle and his maturity and leadership in the secondary, and Henry To'o To'o and his leadership and maturity with the front seven. And that's why this is the best Alabama defense since 2017. Uh, We'll be back with more after this. Jimmy Stein from Locked On, Bama, back for a solo segment. And... I don't know if uh, all of you are super familiar with Cincinnati personnel. Let's do a few minutes on who Cincinnati lines up and what we'll be dealing with. Um, Probably all of y'all are familiar with their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Outstanding player. Uh, I think he's even a super senior. I think this might be a fifth or even a sixth year for him. Desmond Ritter has been around so long. How about this for some Alabama trivia? Desmond Ritter has been around so long at Cincinnati, he committed to Tommy Tuberville. That's right. When Tuberville was the head coach at Cincinnati, he took Ritter's commitment. That's how long it's been since Desmond Ritter was uh, committed to and then signed by Cincinnati. So he's been around, uh, developed very well. He's a good NFL prospect. He's going to be the Senior Bowl in Mobile Uh, Very mature kid. Obviously, he's older, being uh, that he's a six-year guy. I think he's about 23 years old. He's married with a kid. Uh, Great dude. But more importantly, a dual-threat guy. Uh, Pretty good with his legs. Uh, He's a passer, first, uh, probably a second-round pick in the NFL draft as of today. Um, Good player, good kid. Again, dual-threat guy and, and responsible for a lot of Cincinnati success not just this year, but last year as well. Um, running back Jerome Ford, even Alabama fans are even more familiar with him because he used to play for Alabama. Uh, Jerome Ford not only played for Alabama, uh, signed with Alabama out of high school, out of Florida, uh, Jerome Ford actually started a game for Alabama. He was Alabama's starting running back against Duke in the season opener in 2019. Uh, Not because he necessarily rose to the top of the depth chart. If you remember Alabama's top two running backs for that game were Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. I know y'all are familiar with them. They were suspended uh, for at least one half for violation of team rules. So Jerome Ford started the Duke game that Alabama won and uh, Ford had a, if I remember right, a 40 yard touchdown run in the second half of that game. Well, Jerome Ford transferred to Cincinnati where he's gone on to become an outstanding player. Also an NFL prospect. Uh, an all-conference type player. Uh, I think he rushed for 1,400 yards. Uh, or, or, or a threat out of the backfield as a pass receiver. Uh, just a good player. And uh, and again, Alabama's going to be very familiar with his skill set. Uh, wide receiver, the name to know is Alec Pierce. Uh, possession guy, bigger guy. Think uh, Hunter Renfro in terms of uh, in terms of his uh, you know skill set. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's going to be really good at converting third and sixes and third and sevens into first downs. That's who he is. He's not really a vertical threat or a playmaking threat, although he's good in the red zone. But uh, good hands, big-bodied. He's a guy that's going to get some NFL looks himself. uh, Tight end Noah Wiley is a threat. Uh, He's a good player. He's one of the few guys on the team that was heavily recruited out of high school. Uh, Wiley was actually a four-star Uh, in some uh, recruiting services and recruited by some of the best programs in college football, and he has been their starting tight end for a couple of years. He's going to get a look in the NFL. Uh, They don't have any superstars on the offensive line, nobody that's a super high-value target, but what's interesting is three of their five starting offensive linemen were named All-American Athletic Conference, so these guys are very good at their level and their region and their conference. Obviously, it's a really good offensive line for that level, it'll be interesting to see if Alabama can take advantage of, uh, of that group uh, in the game on Friday. Uh, but three, all-American athletic conference guys up front. Defensively, Cincinnati's even better than they are in offense, in my opinion. And uh, it's mostly because of their secondary, but we'll start with the front seven. Uh, Sanders, their pass rusher up front, outstanding player. Probably a second-round pick-type guy. He'll be at the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, really, really good player, SEC-level talent. Uh, and, again, he's going to play in the NFL for sure. Um, he'll be difficult for our tackle. Uh, left or right tackle to block, good player. Uh, in, interior defensive tackle, uh, Brooks a big kid, pretty good player, all American athletic conference, miles fan. Another starter for them up front was a four star, uh, out of, uh, out of high school. Uh, linebackers aren't necessarily, uh, super prospects, but, uh, one is going to be in the senior bowl. Uh, another made all American athletic conference first team. So it's not like they're not good players. Uh, but really, uh, the strength of the whole team and certainly the strength of the defense as their secondary. It it literally is one of the best in all of college football. Uh, It'll be the best duo of cornerbacks Alabama has faced all season long. Not even Georgia or LSU or Texas A&M has corners as good as Cincinnati does. Um, Their best corner is Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He goes by sauce just like our guy goes goes by Kool-Aid. He goes by sauce to the point that's all anyone calls him, and I I think he's even – refer to a sauce in their media guide. So, I mean, it's, 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 a nickname that sticks. Uh, Gardner is outstanding. Uh, he is a first round projection in the upcoming draft. Um, He's just very good. Uh, Alabama's faced other corners like him in the past, like Derek Stingley, Kyrie Elam at Florida. Even Roger McCreary at Auburn is very good. I'm not sure any of them are as good as Sauce Gardner. He'll be a heck of a matchup and a big-time challenge for Jamison Williams and Alabama's other receivers. Interestingly, this is how good that duo is. I bragged on Sauce Gardner for a full minute. The other corner, Kobe Bryant, and, yes, he is named after Kobe Bryant from birth. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, he won the Jim Thorpe Award as the best defensive back in college football. And he's the other guy. He's not even quite as valued by the NFL as Gardner. Uh, But, yes, the other corner is very dangerous. And, uh, hey, it's a game plan changer, really. I, I think you might see Alabama focusing more of its downfield pass plays in the middle of the field, staying away from those corners who are just legitimate High-level NFL prospects—they're as good as the guys Alabama plays against every single week in the SEC or better. Uh, what a challenge! They also have a really good safety, Brian Cook, who's headed to the Senior Bowl. Six Cincinnati Bearcats are in the Senior Bowl. And That's not even their—you uh, know—that they—they they have others that are worthy and younger players uh, that will one day be in it. But uh, six Senior Bowlers—that. That, that's a number that's normally reserved for the Alabamas and the Floridas and the LSUs. Uh, but that shows it. this is a, literally a gifted team. Hey, look, you know, player 1 through 85 isn't playing in this game. And there is absolutely no question that player 1 through 85, Alabama, has a tremendous advantage in terms of the depth of talent. But 85 players don't play in a game. Really, you're going to have about 30 to 35 players that play critical roles in a football game. And and player 1 through 30, player 1 through 35, yes, Alabama has an advantage. Player 1 through 10, I'm not so sure. I mean, Cincinnati's best 10 dudes are good, good freaking football players, period. Uh, as good as the competition Alabama sees in the SEC. 1 through 10, they're outstanding. 10 through 35, pretty good uh players beyond the 35th on your roster are immaterial friday doesn't doesn't matter unless uh each team has a spate of injuries or a COVID breakout between now and then but uh that that's cincinnati uh the bearcats good team a little better on defense and offense still very good outstanding in the secondary as good as alabama will have seen all season and frankly better than what alabama would see the next week should there be a next week for alabama Jimmy Stein with Locked On Bama back for another solo segment uh, as Luke is uh, flying back from uh, from New Orleans from Monday Night Football with his uh, 20 kids. I assume he has to uh, get a cargo jet for all that. But uh, all right, so Alabama and Cincinnati actually have a common opponent. You might not think so because you've looked at the 2021 schedules, but actually... You know, Alabama played Notre Dame at the very end of 2020 in the college football playoff a year ago. Cincinnati played Notre Dame 10, 10 games ago. Now, it's it's not an apples to apples comparison at all. Uh, it's it's apples to oranges to a degree. But if you really break down that Notre Dame team, they're still really, really similar. Uh, not only did they have the same head coach and play the same style of offense and defense, they returned a lot. Of their players from one year to the next. Uh, They're still running back centric on offense with their quality tailbacks, Kyron Williams and and, and Chris Tyree. Uh, They're really good on defense. Uh, Notre Dame only uh, lost one game in 2021. They were undefeated in 2020 until the playoff. They finished the regular season a year ago, number four. They finished this regular season, number five. I'm saying Notre Dame is really similar from 2020 to 2021. So you can kind of dissect what the Alabama Notre Dame game was like and what the Cincinnati Notre Dame game was like and, and reach some conclusions. And and I did so on a, on a long piece I wrote for the On3 message board. Those of you who subscribe to On3 may have read it. If you haven't, you should subscribe if you can and, uh, and check it out. Uh, but, but really here's the summation Defensively, Alabama and Cincinnati both had similar levels of success against Notre Dame. The numbers were pretty similar for Alabama's defense and Cincinnati's defense in their matchup with the Irish. Uh, Both teams were able to really limit the amount of yards that Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree were able to accumulate. Uh, The Notre Dame quarterback in both games uh, did not have an efficient day or an explosive day. Uh, Really, Alabama and Cincinnati both did a good job on Notre Dame's uh, offense and really limited uh, the Irish. And I think what you're going to see Friday, uh, frankly, is two pretty similar defenses. Uh, You know, Alabama's going to have more depth. uh, But in terms of the 11-12 guys that play uh, on defense, uh, you're going to see two pretty similar defenses, and the Notre Dame game proved that. I think the difference in the teams – comes down to offensively. Uh, Notre Dame was able to really shut down Cincinnati's run game. Uh, Jerome Ford, uh, I think, only had about 40 yards against Notre Dame, whereas Notre Dame really didn't stop Alabama's run game a year ago. Now, Alabama's run game a year ago was better, uh, better offensive line, Najee Harris at running back. But Alabama, Najee Harris himself rushed for 125 yards against Notre Dame. That's three times what Jerome Ford was able to do against Notre Dame. So Alabama was still able to run the ball on offense and really had a big day thrown it. Desmond Ritter had a pretty good game for Cincinnati against the Irish, Uh, an efficient day. That's why Cincinnati won the game, frankly, because of Desmond Ritter. Ritter was just better than what Notre Dame had, a quarterback, and and, and that's why Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Mac Jones had a fantastic game against Cincinnati. He was, I mean, against Notre Dame. He was 25 of 30 for 290 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. I mean, Mac Jones had a spectacular, explosive day as the Alabama quarterback, and and that's really what made the difference. Alabama averaged eight yards per play against Notre Dame, Cincinnati averaged an impressive 6.2 yards per play. But that's not what uh, what Alabama was able to do offensively, and I think that's going to be the difference in the game Friday. Uh, when you break down using Notre Dame as the barometer, uh, what you see is that Alabama is just more explosive offensively. And while Alabama doesn't quite have the 2020 offense, uh, it's still similar. Alabama does it differently, but let's remember that Alabama averaged just under what the uh, I think off the top of my head the 2020 Alabama offense averaged 45 points a game the 2021 Alabama offense averaged 42 points a game I mean the the production in terms of the points and yards didn't change a whole lot uh, Alabama's still just very explosive offensively uh, Cincinnati's a little more uh, balanced uh, and not explosive so that's the difference uh, in the matchup with Notre Dame And I think it'll be the difference in the matchup on Friday afternoon in the Cotton Bowl.